Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, here's your boy, Q. We are kicking off hour number three of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Jared in for Demon. He's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. Serena Williams is making her walk to Arthur Ashe Court as she takes the third round, is ready to take on the third round in the U.S. Open. Uh, one of the most intriguing storylines all week long. I've been so locked and loaded on uh, the U.S. Open. As long as Serena's still out there performing, I'm all for it. So we'll see how she does. She'll be uh, getting action started probably in about 15 or 20 minutes. But uh, yeah, we've been here. You're going to lose me. Why? Once Serena starts playing, I'm going to I'm gonna zone out. So that's, that's just, I'm sorry. Are you going to zone out because you're watching or are you going to zone out because why? Let's just say I'm watching. What? What, what 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 other reason would there be? Because but, because I'm talking about Serena and you're you don't you don't have any answers for me. I I want okay. There's the, there's one reason to watch tennis and it's Serena Williams dominating fools. I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean that's not the only reason to watch. I I enjoy tennis, but I absolutely enjoy Serena and I'll watch anytime she's on. So uh, that's that's uh, that's going to be fun. And this is round three, you know. And so uh, she was supposed to be on ESPN two. And uh, they're supposed you to be. You got to put her on the main court. Oh, they did, and they they moved it. It was supposed to be Central Michigan and Michigan uh, State going up on against each other in, in college football on the main the main channel, and they moved that to ESPN two because this is how massive this event is, the U.S. Open on the last dance of Serena Williams. So I don't know if if the dance ends tonight, if it goes on to Sunday, if it goes into next week, who knows? But we know that she's in action tonight, so I'm I'm very intrigued by that to see how it all shakes out. But uh, got. Some text that we've been getting to, text and, uh, and calls, 69187, keyword R&R. The question we've been asking, what would you consider to be the most intriguing storyline surrounding the Raiders this upcoming season? The mailman Raider hit us up and said, an intriguing storyline for me is what to do the 2019 first-rounders. What do the 2019 first-rounders put on the field? Do they do enough to get that second contract? If they're all let go, the MAC trade, uh, if they all are let go, the MAC trade, which is in the past, Sure, but that's an L. Really rooting for all three guys, Raiders. And that's from, uh, that's from Mailman Raider. And, yeah, it's intriguing to see what happens. Uh, I think the only guy that has an opportunity to make the, uh, you know, to get a second contract is probably going to be Josh Jacobs. You know, but then at the same time, we know how deep the running back room is. But I don't think that Cleve Farrell, unless all of a sudden they, Patrick Graham, you know, uses him in a way where he's able to go out there and just have a hell of a season, I don't think that he gets an extended contract. And I don't think that – John Abram gets one unless, unless again, like I just said about Cleve Farrell, maybe Patrick Graham unleashes them where they get a little bit more out of him. You say, yeah, you know what? They deserve that extra contract. Uh, Clee may not get like a huge, oh, my God, he's an edge rusher contract, but the one thing that he is and the one thing that we know from the quote-unquote patriot way, he's versatile. He, yes. he will play inside, outside. Yep. He can do stand-up. He'll drop back into coverage. They'll they'll offer him a contract in my mind for sure. It just won't be. It's not going to be for the amount of for normally a big free agent deal. Yeah, it's not going to be what a first round, a former first round pick normally gets. 
I no, that that makes sense, you know, and and I will give Klee all that credit in the world. And even when we talked to him in the locker room following the game on Friday, uh, he sounded very confident. He sounded like he was willing to do whatever the coaches ask him to do, and that's a credit to him. I mean, that's just a credit to who he is. And there's a reason why they drafted him in the first round. Now, granted, they drafted him too high. I think he'll tell you that. But there's a reason why they drafted him because of the guy that he was. What he did at Clemson as far as not just the player, but the leader that he was. He shows those traits even four years later. He still shows those traits. So I'll never take that away from him. I'm just looking at the economics and the business side of things. And so that's why I say that there's not, you know, to me it feels like that there's not a, a, a great chance. But, no, you're absolutely right. You know, I can see them saying, hey, this dude's very versatile. He's helped us out a lot. Uh, let's offer him a, you know, two-, three-year deal. No, it's not going to be for big bank, but it can still be a contract and keep him there uh, with the Raiders. So that, that makes a lot of sense. And, hell, that can go for Jonathan Abram, too. I mean, really, mm. it, it really it can go for all three, but they've got to go out there and just show it. Do you think Abram's that versatile? I don't know. I haven't seen what they've done. I haven't seen what he could do this year, right? You know what I mean? Like, I, right. I, don't, I haven't seen it under Patrick Graham. What I saw in practice – and what I've seen in training camp and the games I, I've, is, is, is the way to use them, right? And if he goes out there and has a big impact, I can see them giving him a one- or two-year deal. I'm not, you know, again, not something that's going to break the bank. And, look, I say that with Josh Jacobs, even though they have 18 running backs in the room, <laughs> right? I mean, common sense would tell you that there's too many running backs to extend an extra contract to. But, hell, if the dude goes out there and, you know, plays 17 games and has, you know, 1,200 yards rushing, adds another 500 and 600 yards on, in through the air or whatever, and I'm just throwing out some dumb numbers. Just, but if he were to do that, they might say, hey, you know what, let's run this dude back another year or two, right? I mean, hell, let's, let's add him. Let's keep him in this rotation. I like I don't know. I'm not in the room with them. I have no idea. I don't think that you'll see big money offered to any of those guys, though. I don't think that you'll see that at all except for to really elite players. And, and when I mean elite, I mean like you are the best of the best of the best in your position, like a Devontae Adams. Just, I mean, I think it's just, just as simple as that. So uh, keep those texts coming, 69187, keyword R&R. You can also hit us up on the phone lines at 702-365-9200. The only guest that we have left is at 430, Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. Uh, so that's at 430, so we'll take your calls and we'll get to your texts. But I did want you to hear this conversation that we had with Phil Villapiano on Friday at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, we talked to plenty of Raider alumni. So excited to have that opportunity to meet with them at Allegiant Stadium, at uh, the Wind Club, and Phil Villapiano. Very fun conversation. He's always a great storyteller. Here's that conversation. My daughter's telling me, and I'm like, Andrea, it's not called unnecessary roughness. Goes, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, okay. it I really mean, is. Well, he's in. Boo, how is this? And, and I got a bunch of people coming. They, they listen to the show. Nice, nice. Which was good. I, hey, it's because of you, not me. <laughs> okay. Appreciate you. How is this being here, meeting with all your brothers? Over 300 uh, alumni. Oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful, and it makes it all so worthwhile, and the stories are getting bigger and bigger, <laughs> and, and the injuries are getting Everybody used to have three surgeries. They now have 13 surgeries, and they, and they can't remember anything. And uh, It's just it's so cool. We're just having a good time, and, and I'm so happy that all the wives are here, too, because... Yeah. I hear the wives uh, telling stories, and, you know, we didn't know. <laughs> we thought they were boring. The girls weren't so boring after right. all. Yeah. So it's, it's, been, it's been a great weekend, and I can't believe it. Look where we're at. Right. Everything, I was just talking to um, Jim Otto in there, and I said, Jim, 
it just keeps getting better. Mm-hmm. Where's this end, you know? And right. Because this is the way it is. It's at the NFL. And I remember way back when, and, uh, you know, I was talking to Mr. Davis, and he goes, hey, we need for people to want to come to Oakland. And they don't want to come to this old stadium. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, look what they got now. Right. Who Who's not going to want to come to Oakland? <laughs> All we got to do is we got to win a little bit. Though. I can't wait to see the boys tonight. Right. I can't wait to see. Is Derek Carr going to play tonight? I doubt it. I would seriously doubt it. We were hoping. To, well, actually, you said yesterday on the radio, you said, well, I think we're going to see the starters. So we thought you were breaking news. Yeah. Well, I, no, I, yeah, I'm just hoping. Right. Because remember we talked about it. Yeah. And, and you, at least me, I needed two or three preseason games just to get your timing. Hey, because timing is unbelievable because it's so much faster than practice, no matter what. And I think, uh, you know, well, we're not going to question Coach McDaniels, even though he's a patriot. (laughs) I don't know if I like patriots. But... uh, he mentioned the word brothers, being around your brothers. You've watched this team go from Oakland to L.A. to Oakland to Vegas. But what hasn't escaped these young guys is the word brotherhood. We've heard it all training camp. What's your definition when you hear Raiders and brotherhood, how, how deep that history and that meaning, what it means? Well, it is, it's, it's deep and it's, uh, and it's for real. And, you know, I think we spoke about it on your show yesterday yeah. that, you know, I was one of the – one of the, you know, I, I got a lot of friends, right, around the league. And I said, how many guys? They all call me. They want to be Raiders. <laughs> you know, they're playing for Cincinnati. Get me out of here. Tell Al I want to leave. And he ended up bringing uh, Max Montoria. He was one of my buddies. And then we got Lyle Alzado. He calls me from Denver. Get me out of here. I want to be a Raider. Everybody wanted to be a Raider because the Raiders are something special here. And it never stops. And it certainly hasn't stopped. This weekend, we got 300 guys here at all ages. I hate to say it, but I'm... Jim Otto, Pete Panizek, me? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know who's older. But uh, we're we're having a great time. And, you know, I, I didn't start this. It was handed down to me by Jim Otto and Daryl Lamont and, and Freddie Belinikoff. And, uh, you know, those are the guys that started this Raider, whatever it is, and it's, and it's contagious. I just couldn't wait to be a part of it. And then when you come to be a part of it, you want it. I want to be the baddest-ass Raider ever. So I, I don't care. Kill me, man. Give me 25 surgeries, but I'm going to... I'm making tackles for the Raiders. It was just so much fun to be a part of this organization. And, hey, we got the Immaculate Receptions 50 years. <laughs> we were involved in that 50 years ago, and we're going to celebrate that this year. You're going to celebrate mean, that? Well, 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 well. Weren't you clipped? I was definitely clipped. <laughs> Franco trapped the ball. There was holding on the line of scrimmage. The, 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 the offense to offense. There was at least six things they did wrong, and they got away with all of them. 
or we would have been dead. <laughs> two, two of the most controversial calls in NFL history, the immaculate reception and the tuck rule, and the Raiders are involved. Yeah, yeah but we got screwed on both of them. <laughs> but that's what, that's what the Raiders do. Yes. How about the holy roller down in San Diego? I don't know if you guys noticed. Oh, yeah. you know. So karaoke, right? That would, became famous whatever year that was, 75 or 74. So karaoke became famous, and we had Ray Guy and, and Dave Casper, and who had we had so many singers on the team. They all thought they were singers. So when we go down to San Diego, it's a Saturday night before we play the uh, the uh, Chargers on Sunday. We found the karaoke bar. So at 11 o'clock, everybody's in the room. 11:15, we all got we all got rides. We were all out front. Boom! We go to the karaoke bar. And, our boys were singing till 2.30 in the morning. We come back, we're feeling great. And then we go to the game. And, you know, I mean, we had some roles, but not many, but one of them is you gotta win. And we were stinking up the place. And when Snake did the thing, and then Casper, you know, kicks it around. It kicks it around and Pete puts it in the end zone or, or Coach, Coach put it. Oh my God, he put us all up the hook. We were all out all night. <laughs> we shouldn't have played that game. You're talking we're, about the stories you've been sharing today and the share, stories you're sharing. Got to be glad there was no social media back then. Oh, oh, that would have been ugly. That would have been, <laughs> been ugly. It took me a long time to get used to that. <laughs> but uh, social media is good and it's bad. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, we, we as Raiders, which... You know, it seems the Raiders always have to have the worst of the worst or the best of the best. But the John Gruden social media thing kills me. Man. I love John Gruden. I love that he was here. You know, he was and he was a, a real Raider. You know, two stints with us, you know, and he couldn't wait. We were three and one. And then, and then they got to mess with mess with coach. So I, I, I feel terrible about social media, but it's fun. But we got to be careful. Well, so I was... am very careful nowadays. <laughs> I am very careful. So let me ask you I this. I have no cell phone on me tonight on what, purpose. What is What was more intense, the, the karaoke or the air hockey tournaments? Oh, the air hockey tournaments were. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh, that was crazy. I mean, and the guys were dead serious about it. So, the, the, so Mike Ciani and I we became roommates. And uh, when we first got the air hockey table, and we got to practice all the time, we had we had shots that people hadn't seen yet. We were, we were really good, but the guys would come by everywhere. We couldn't even sleep. They come in, they're practicing. Everybody practicing. They took it serious, and the air hockey tournament was bona fide serious. And uh, with that, went maybe a little dis. Now it was great. We had, think about what they do in training camp now. We had two a days every day for like eight weeks. They were, you know, twice a week for three weeks, you know. So anyway, it, we needed something to get us through. So we had the bowling tournament, the air hockey tournament, and all the guys. And I was lucky enough to be the commissioner. So we had, uh, we had the. The rules was, there was no rules. Cheating was encouraged. Anything anybody could do to cheat was wonderful until you got caught. And then you got applause. You know, we had Carol Dota come up as our queen from San Francisco. Freddie 
Freddie Polinikoff and her were uh, friends. And we've got the limo. We brought up Carol Dota, which was incredible. You know, Carol Dota was. Yeah. Oh, very hot. <laughs> yeah, so Just we, as we uh, turn everything off. I know. <laughs> Not all of us. <laughs> There you go, right there, Phil Villapiano closing things out, talking a little Carol Dota. And, uh, yeah, I had a couple people DM me and talk about Carol Dota as well, and I love how he said Freddie Belindikoff and her were friends. And, uh, yeah, there you go. Good stuff right there. Villapiano's always a good listen. He's always a good storyteller. He gets into those storytells stories, talking about air hockey, talking about karaoke, and a whole lot more. So hopefully you enjoyed that. Uh, finally, throughout the whole course of the week, got through all the – uh, alumni conversations that we had had about eight of them uh, last Friday at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, Phil Villapiano obviously being one of them. We also talked with Jim Plunkett, Jerry Robinson, Raymond Chester, Mike Haynes, Steve Wisniewski, Marcus Allen, Tim Brown, and then you heard right there from Phil, Phil Villapiano closing things out. 702-365-9200. Before we take a break, let's go ahead and go out to the phone lines, talk to our guy Bernard. Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? Hey Q, how you doing? Good, good, good. How are you? Hey, one thing, I, one thing I'm really looking at, man. You had a show last year, or maybe earlier this year. Um, you were saying you kept saying like, "Who is the dude? Who is the dude? Like, yeah. who do the Raiders have on their team that is the dude?" Yep. And we, it was hard to kind of come up. We came up with a couple, right? Mm-hmm. But you look at the team now. You could name three or four easy, I think, on offense and defense. You know, you got Chandler Jones, Crosby. You got Hobbs, um, Denzel Perryman, and then, you know, I don't even have to name the guys on the offensive side of the ball. So right there, right now, and then you look at the, the NFL when they put out the top 100, you know, we got players on there. So right at the top, that tells you how much talent the Raiders got. Right. And I'm going to go back to the coaching, man. Andy Reid is the only proven coach in this division, the, yep. the AFC West, and then his, his accolades speak for itself. And I put Jack McDaniels up there, not up there with him, but – as far as Hackett and uh, Staley, to me, McDaniels is more proven than them. They haven't really proved anything yet. Hackett is in his first year, and and Staley made a lot of a uh, lot of mistakes last year. So my thing is, the Raiders got those dudes, and they got the coaching now. These this these preseason games, to me, like you said, it's the habits, and it's showing you right now for them to not have any penalties and no turnovers. But really, especially the penalties, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't you can't look by that. So, this this coaching again. My my biggest thing, uh, my my biggest thing I'm looking forward to is Josh McDaniels. And a lot of things. What I do when it when it's, when the season starts, I like like to look at the bios of the coaching staff. I look at all the coaches, like all their experiences. You know where they came from, what teams they came from, who they've been with. And we got a new staff, but McDaniels got a lot of guys that he's worked with. He don't show favoritism. He get guys that got experience and know how to teach. So, Josh McDaniels is going to give us, going to have the Raiders with at least two extra wins. So, that if they win 12, 13 games, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. And people are really overlooking the Raiders. They're dinging them with the secondary and the offensive line. They're not really paying attention to the sec- secondary is better than people think. And you get one or two good guys in the secondary – that changes the whole secondary, and I think Nate Hobbs is that dude, man. He had a look on his face the other day. yesterday when he did his press conference. He was just like, "I'm not even talking no more. Just, 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 just wait and watch me play." Mm-hmm. He didn't even want to talk no more. Right. He said, "I'm going to show y'all." So th- he got that swag, man. And um, again, Josh McDaniels, he's gonna make a difference, and they already got the talent. 
It's almost like Steve Kerr going to the Warriors, man. He's just going to put them over the top, and then after that, you know, we're going to see it all on the field. I like it. Bernard, thank you for the call, my man, and and, uh, some really good points that you bring up. And first, uh, yeah, I remember that conversation about the dude or or the alpha dogs. That's what I always call them, the alpha dogs. Who are the alpha dogs on the squad? And for the longest, the Raiders didn't have that dude that I could just identify as the alpha dog. Now, Devontae Adams is that guy. He's that alpha dog offensively that will keep defensive coordinators up at night. How in the hell do you stop that guy? Like, he literally is that dude. He's the best player that – Derek Carr has played with in his NFL career to this date. When he plays on September 11th, that'll be the best weapon he's had with him on the offensive side of things. That's who Devontae Adams is. And I think on the defensive side of things, the true alpha dog now for the Raiders, I think it's Max Crosby. I really do. And I, and I think Nate Hobbs has an opportunity to be that dude. I really do. But I think Max Crosby has an opportunity to really be that guy, and he's going to continue to establish himself as exactly that, that alpha dog. I can see a couple other guys being – part of that conversation but really to me the two guys that stand out the most are are, are Max Crosby and Devontae Adams as far as the coaches in the AFC West I think Andy Reid hands down is the best coach in the division he's done it and he's proven it at a high level I I'm with you I put McDaniel second I really do and that's only because Hackett hasn't done it and Staley is uh, uh, still a question mark. Uh, it's only a question mark because everyone falls in love with the analytics and analytics this, analytics that. But I, I just don't like the, the analytics when he says, well, it's fourth down in my own territory. And, uh, well, you know, if I keep going for it. No, not in a game where you have to win to get to the playoffs. you got to be smart sometimes, right? You know, and I know I'm not a coach. I'm not a scout. But I just think that sometimes you get a little bit too uh, – you start feeling yourself a little bit too much. You start smelling yourself, and you actually – you roll with that, and, and I just think that's bad decisions. Maybe he'll switch things up this year because he has what he feels is a more talented team, especially defensively. But until proven otherwise, I, I would rank the coaches Reed, McDaniel, Staley, and Hackett just like that. And, look, it could change after this year. Hell, we could be talking about Brandon Staley as, the, as coach of the year for all I know, but they've got to go out there and they've got to get it done. And McDaniels has a lot to prove as well. He's done it as offensive coordinator, hasn't done it as a head coach. So uh, that's there's that. Andy Reid no doubt about it, has has done it at a very high level. So there's that. 422 is the time as Jared, I don't know what he just did, blew a kiss to the air. Or what, what was that, Jared, that you just did? That's my boy, Andy. Oh, okay. I love that, dude. 422 is the time as <laughs> – I gotta get to a text real quick. No, no, I'll get uh, to the text. I'll get to the text before we get to these uh, Sterling. Damn it! I'll get to yeah. I'll get to a couple texts <laughs> that uh, that people have uh, chimed in on the Sam and Ash text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R talking about Jared. So we'll get to those when we come back. Plus, we'll talk to Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com, trying to help with some money in your pocket this holiday weekend. This is Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. And this is unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty, my man. Jared sitting behind the wheels of steel, holding it down for DeMond this afternoon. He's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm your boy Q in the home studio. Currently, uh, Sarita Williams is tied up at one in the first set. Oh, of no. The... She just... Oh, she just won that one. All right, there you go. Two to one over who I believe is Tom Janovic from Australia. I have to learn how to say that name. Quick, fast, and hurry. But she's up 2-1. In the first set of the third round of the U.S. Open. Got Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com coming up in a few minutes just to give you a little bit of a, uh, you know, a little gambling insight. Talk about the, the betting lines. Talk about some college football games coming up this weekend. Some big-time games I'm excited about. The defending national champions, the Georgia Bulldogs going up against Oregon, Ohio State, and Notre Dame. 
LSU, Florida State. We'll talk about those games. We'll ask him about UNLV as well. And Georgia, Oregon, that's an interesting one, right? Think about the Raiders' point of view from this one. Zamir White, drafted from Georgia, fourth-round draft pick out of Georgia. And then shout-out to my man Eddie Pascal, Oregon. Oregon Duck right there. That's a proud Oregon Duck. So uh, there you go in that Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center in the building. Zamir White versus Eddie. Sorry, Eddie. <laughs> Sorry, Eddie. I got a lo lot of love for you, dog. But uh, <laughs> I think Zamir wins that. Uh, I think he wins that one every day of the week and twice on Sunday between the two. But, hey, Eddie's a good dude. <laughs> I, would, I would watch Eddie try to tackle Zamir White. Oh, Eddie's right. not. Eddie's no. He's, he was born that night, not last night. He ain't trying to. <laughs> he ain't trying to tackle. He ain't trying to tackle uh, Zamir White. He's like, no, no, thanks. I'm gonna make a business decision. He's gonna make a Cam Newton decision. You know how Cam Newton got got out of there in the in the yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the the guy the guy on your pickup team that just goes, oh, he's driving to the rim. Oh, I couldn't make it. Yeah, that would be Demond. Yeah, that's why he wouldn't be on my team. He'd get out of the way too. He'd be like, hey man, what do you expect? I'm little. So yeah. Uh, got a couple quick texts that we get to oh, before gosh. we get to Lee Sterling. <laughs> Sir Whiskey Ray, Q and Jared, before I get to my point, my stepson, little Sir Whiskey, Donovan, even had to take a double double take on the intro music. I said to him that Jared is just having an off day and needs to put on his red polo shirt. A big storyline for me is head coach Josh McDaniels. He's got this entire team buying into his system, and it shows when the players speak at practice and into the preseason. I know it's only preseason, but what's happening here with the Raiders is contagious. He's our leader. The players are listening. And so far, results are happening in a major way. I'm pumped up for this 2022 season. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. I like that. That makes a, that makes a whole lot of sense right there. And, yeah, it's funny. You could, you could see the players at the podium when they talk to us. They always, you know, depending on what the question is, sometimes they'll say, yeah, you have to ask Coach about that. Or, yeah, I'm not really going to speak on that. It's just there, it's just – it's like every single little detail is covered, even the way to talk to the media and what to answer, what not to answer, what basically what's our business and what's not our business, right? And every player, it doesn't matter if they're a rookie or an eight-, nine-year veteran in the league, all to the same thing. Yeah, you gotta, uh, I'm not the right person to ask that. you got to ask Coach that. that. That doesn't have anything to do with me. I could appreciate that. I really could. Uh, Mailman Raider said, Q, random question. Do any Raider alum from the – did Jamarcus Russell era make any appearance for these ah. alum events? And, I mean, I'm sure that some guys show up. Um, Jamarcus, obviously, is not there. Uh, I don't know if he's invited or not. I, I'm, I'm not privy to that, so I don't know if he's been invited or not. I just would assume after his uh, last little podcasting he did with the Pivot, I'm sure he, he is not, uh, he's not looking, at, looking for that invitation from the Silver and Black to anything because he basically gave the double fingers to, uh, to the team. So there's that. I uh, got another text from the 702. Crazy. Demond voice sound like somebody auntie sitting oh, on a stoop. It. And this new dude sound like he's three foot tall and is a hunchback. Radio voices. That's from Brazy in Vegas. So there you go, Jared. Are you three foot and a hunchback? Nah, I'm 6'2", but I am literally going to uh, I am going to use that as imaging. If I, I do a segment on my show called Jared's Dumb Questions, he's three foot tall and a hunchback. <laughs> This is Jared's dumb questions. I am so what, that. Let me ask you this before we get to uh, before we get to Lee Sterling. What would your dumb question be today? If you had a dumb question segment, what would it be? Oh man. Um, well, I sent you some of them, but the big one would be: When was the last time that you saw something on a video game? Much like Amir Abdullah, he talked about how he did a celebration because yeah. he saw it on Tekken. And let's expand. Let's expand it out. Maybe TV, a movie. Yeah. When was the last time you were like? Oh, cool! I'm gonna go do that. And then you went. This was a mistake. Oh, that's a good question. 
Um, I know I've done something stupid like that before. <laughs> See, that's why they're dumb questions, because I, I've never asked you, like, hey, what was your best success whenever you were talking to a woman at a bar? It's always, all right, when did you hurt yourself in a dumb way? You know what I was always scared to do? I, I never did it because, like I said, I was scared to do it. I was always scared to sneeze and keep my eyes open. Oh, no. you should, Dude, that's not, that's not being scared. That's being smart. Your head moves at like 200 miles an hour. Well, I know. Your but, eyes would come out. Well, that's what I'm scared of because that's what everyone always says, but I've never seen it actually happen, so I don't know if it's that's true. Because if, okay, if you saw it happen once, it'd be the last time you saw it happen because the eyes would be <laughs> gone. Again, that's why I've never done it because I didn't want that to be me. Like I didn't want to have to explain to my mom or to the wife why my eyeball is hanging out my eye because I decided to be stupid. But I hear people say it all the time, like, well, Keep your eyelid open when you, you know, and so, yeah. All right, before we get to Lee Sterling, just this, this one's more of a yes or no. Getting your own name on the back of a jersey for a team, is that a top five dork move? No. I have your boy Q on the back of a, uh, of a Raider jersey, a 24. I had it, it was custom made. Uh, some, a lot of people that listen to the Lockdown Raider podcast actually got it for me for a birthday gift. And the last game that was played in Oakland against uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, December 15th, I believe, uh, 2019. Uh, I think that was the date. I'm not 100% correct. Uh, yeah, it was December 15th, 19, I mean, not 2019. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, I wore it that day, and that was the only day I've ever worn it, but that was the day I wore it because I thought it was pretty cool. So, yeah, I'm okay with that. Oh, see, okay. I had, I had a, when I was at a radio station in uh, Fresno, Q97, which now, by the way, is owned by Lotus Broadcasting. Ooh. Um, we had jerseys when we go out on remote. So my jersey always said your boy Q on the back of it. It was pretty cool. No, except, except that's for- awesome. If if you could get us jerseys where we, like, the back of my jersey said justice and negative one, that would be perfect. Well, let me look into the budget for that. Oh, okay. It's not going to happen. I'm still trying to get us some nice polo shirts so we all look uniform and look, you know, look did respectable. You, did you notice that he threw in the red polo shirt in in his text? Yeah, his you, text know, you, know the, and- you know the red polo sh- shirt story, though, right? Yeah, you had to buy me a red polo shirt because I showed up. Oh, or is this a different red polo shirt? I didn't buy you a red polo shirt, did I? Oh, I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. you yes, did because right. you went. You looked like a homeless person at the Super Bowl. That's right, I did. That's right. Uh, no, you don't. You know the red polo shirt though story, right? Why when I wear a red polo shirt, what is why I'm wearing it? No, all right. I thought we told the story on the press box. You you may have, but you also you have were, to understand whenever you just weren't I'm paying attention. I'm setting up the next break and okay. normally producing. I don't get to talk this much. When I wear a red polo shirt, it's my Tiger Woods moment. It's my I'm 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 wearing it with a purpose. There's a reason for it. It's not because I just went in the closet and said, "Hey, I think I'll wear this today." I either am angry at something, I'm trying to prove a point, I'm you know I'm like I'm bringing the heat. You know, like I'm, it's going to be, it's it's massive that day. It's it's like t- it's it's my finishing move. It's like Tiger on the 18th, and it's Tiger on Sunday. He wears a red polo because that's his finishing move. So the other day, if you saw at work, I had a red polo shirt on. Uh, before I left for work, the wife said, "Ooh, who did it? Who did it?" Because she already knew. Red polo shirt, it's on. Somebody did it, and someone's got to pay the price. That is so. Anytime I wear a red polo shirt, that is the reason why. Every single t- is never on coincidence. It's always for a reason. Matter of fact, Jared, the one thing you'll learn about me, there's nothing I do by coincidence. Everything I do has a reason behind it. Maybe I'm a little, I think a little too much, but that's, I do everything with a purpose. I promise you. 
everything has a reason why. It's 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 probably a little insane. And that's well, uh, that's why I will follow you into the fire, sir. <laughs> well, I might make a U-turn, or I might bail out before you jump into that fire. Well, I, might I say, at least know that you're doing it for a reason. <laughs> exactly, it's exactly. It's not just like, well, you know, QZ go. No, it's like, no, Q's got a plan. Yeah, every time. It might not be a good plan, but he's got he's got a plan. Hey, look, hey, dog, having a plan is half the battle. <laughs> Speaking of having a plan, I know my man Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com on Twitter at Paramount Sports. He always has a plan, and he's joining us now on the phone line. Let's go ahead and get in this conversation with Lee. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time to take a look at the sporting lines with Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. And it pays off in a touchdown. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And we are joined right now on the phone lines by my guy Lee Sterling for ParamountSports.com on Twitter at Paramount Sports. And Lee, off top, man, excited to have you back on the show, excited for another college football season. How are you feeling right now at Paramount Sports, and how are you feeling in general for college football to be back? Okay, if you were 17-4 and four since the first preseason game, the Hall of Fame game, combined in college football and NFL, how would you feel? Oh, yeah, I feel great. <laughs> 17 and 4 in anything, I'd feel great. <laughs> I'm even trying to learn a couple new dances. I'm so excited. Wow. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's so important for me. The, the one year I had a losing year, I lost week zero, and I just went into a tailspin. Then I ended up getting food poisoning, I oh, think, no. in week three. So if you spend all week, and I watched, I think it was 113 spring games, went to four in person. Um, if you're seeing things right, and, you know, I think there was eight games opening weekend. I think there was like uh, 10 or 11 last night. I just, you know, I'm picking a side in each, even the ones that we didn't give out. We were five and one for my clients, but uh, I was combined 17 and three. So I know that a lot of the things that I studied and I thought were going to happen came true. And even a couple of the games that I lost, two of the three games I lost, uh, my team turned the ball over three or more times in the opponent. So uh, feel real good about what I'm seeing here. So, you know, if you're studying and things are going right, right off the bat, usually uh, leads to a record season. Yeah, no, it really does, and uh, that's 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 a hell of a story right there, my man. Uh, but I'm I'm so excited about this this upcoming season for college football. Before we get into some plays for this weekend, let me ask you this: uh, Last weekend we saw UNLV just hand hand Idaho State their lunch. I mean, beat the brakes off yep. of Idaho State. They got off to a one and zero start. Marcus Arroyo's trying to get to six wins in a bowl game. What are your thoughts in general, just of the Mountain West? You know, I mean, obviously it's top heavy with San Diego State, but then yep. after that, it's What's what's up after that? What are your thoughts on, on the Mountain West in general? And, and I think Boise State's pretty good too. That's true. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it, it, it's I've never seen it this bad. And and I think UNLV could be the surprise team uh, if they can give Cal a game. And anything goes with Cal. I mean, Cal yeah. sometimes as a favorite is terrible. And then they've got North Texas at home. If they can somehow win that, and then New Mexico and and San Jose State. Yeah, I think there's a chance. This is the year. They're going to beat Hawaii this year. Nevada is awful. I mean, Hawaii not only lost their game and gave up over 400 yards rushing to maybe one of the worst SEC teams of all time, Vanderbilt, they had guys lined up wrong. There was one time a guy went in motion, and three guys on the Hawaii defense went with him. And then (laughs) Nevada, I mean, they needed a 5-0 turnover advantage just to squeak by New Mexico State. So, 
Uh, yeah, here, here's what in Wyoming. I'm even yeah. leaving out Wyoming. They didn't throw for 50 yards in their game against Illinois. So these teams are going to really have to work on, you know, finding a way to keep their stars. And, you know, Holiday, he ended up leaving uh, Wyoming, and he goes to Arizona State. So, uh, you know, it's tough. You know, Laramie, Wyoming isn't a destination spot. But uh, I, I think this might be the year. Uh, that UNLV can can get to at least five or six wins. There you go. The target target's got to be six. Trying to get that bowl game. Trying to be bowl eligible. That'll be a, a big step for Marcus Arroyo and the UNLV Rebels. Again, we're talking with Lee Sterling for ParamountSports.com here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio 920. Let's go ahead and get into some college football action for this upcoming weekend. And let's start with this one. This is a really good game. I like this. Georgia and Oregon. We have uh, Zamir White is here in town. He's playing with the Raiders. Running back, fourth round pick out of Georgia and Oregon is Oregon, right? I mean, everyone uh, on the West Coast is always paying attention to what the Ducks have going on. Uh, Georgia is minus 17 and a half versus the Ducks. What are your thoughts on this, Lee? Three big storylines. Number one, Dan Lanning, Oregon head coach. He returns after being the defensive coordinator for three years at Georgia. His familiarity with, with the entire roster of Georgia, I mean, he knows the schemes and the personnel. I think it's worth maybe four to seven points. Uh, also, the Georgia losses on defense. They lost eight out of 11 starters. What might have been the best defense we've seen in the last decade. Maybe only Alabama can reload uh, when you lose those kind of key players. And then uh, Bo Nix returns. Uh, and he's returning for his 16th year, it feels like. He played like almost 15 <laughs> years for Auburn. Uh, he's going to be in a good spot here, I believe, because all five starting offensive linemen for the Oregon Ducks return. This is an Oregon team that went into the horseshoe last year and beat Ohio State here. I say grab all the points you can. I think Georgia wins 31-21, but the Oregon Ducks cover. Oh, there you go. Well, Zamir White's happy because Georgia wins, and my guy Eddie Pascal, who's a proud Oregon Duck, is upset because, well, hey, you know, wasn't able to pull it off. But uh, there you go. Get as many points as you can. I like that. Georgia minus 17.5 versus Oregon. All right, let's turn our attention now, Lee, to this one I'm excited about as well. Ohio State and Notre Dame. Marcus Freeman, now the head man there in Notre Dame. Uh, Here we go. Ohio State minus 17 versus Notre Dame. What are your thoughts on this one? I think Marcus Freeman's going to do a great job, but uh, recruiting well, uh, really communicates with his players. But, you know, he needs a year or two more of recruiting to get on the level of the Ohio State's, Georgia's, and Alabama's. So uh, they're going to face an offense in Ohio State. They might have the best quarterback in the country in C.J. Stroud. In fact, I've got a bet on to win the Heisman. They've got maybe the best receiver in the country and maybe two of the top 10 or 15 running backs. So, uh, Notre Dame has not been able to stop top-tier offenses. In fact, they're 1-6 against the spread the last seven times they've faced a top-10 opponent here. And added nugget here, Jim Knowles, new defensive coordinator for Ohio State. He was at Oklahoma State. Who did he face in the bowl game? None other than Notre Dame. Getting to face the same offense in, in back-to-back games, huge edge here. I think Ohio State woodsheds Notre Dame 48-20. Wow. Woodshed. Take them to the woodshed, man. You know it's that time of year when we're talking about the woodshed. We're talking about some college football action. Uh, Very excited about that one. I like that little nugget that you said, C.J. Stroud uh, for the Heisman right there. You got a little play on him to win, and uh, that's going to be interesting. He's a hell of a quarterback. So there you go, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Again, we're talking with Lee Sterling for ParamountSports.com on Twitter at ParamountSports on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. All right, Lee, let's get one more in. 
in. How about LSU and Florida State? LSU's got some different some different uh, coaches on the staff. There's been some turnover there. LSU minus three versus Florida State. Break this one down. New defensive coordinator Randy Shannon. I, I never thought much of him as a head coach or a coordinator. He coached, remember, the defensive coordinator for the 2001 Miami defense. People gave him credit. Well, they just lined up in a 4-3 and didn't even need to blitz with, with all that talent when you got Sean Taylor sitting in the secondary. So um, I just think that uh, this this LSU team has one or two more big plays in them than Florida State here. I like to transfer a quarterback, Jaden Daniels, 29 career starts from Arizona State comes over. If he doesn't look good right away after two series, I think they'll pull him and put in redshirt freshman Garrett Nussmeyer who is breathing down his neck here in Florida State, 6-12 and 12 against the spread as a road dog. They haven't been to a bowl in five years. Make it six. Mike Norville is in trouble with a capital T. Um, believe it or not, the line's only three. I think it's going to be a blowout. LSU, 30-20 to 20 over Florida State. Boom, there it is right there. LSU getting off to the good start right there versus Florida State to start the 2022 season off. Uh, yeah, okay, I like it. I like it, LSU. I'm interested to see how everything shakes out with the with the LSU Tigers. Go Tigers! <laughs> We're not seeing that yep. anymore, but we'll see what goes on with LSU. Well, fantastic stuff, Lee. Man, it's great to just be talking some college ball again. I'm very excited about that. Uh, obviously, uh, NFL's right around the corner. We'll be talking a lot of NFL here on Raider Nation Radio 9. 20. Uh, if anyone wants to reach out to you, Lee, get some more information from you. What do they need to do? Yeah, just go to ParamountSports.com. We're off to a 17-4 and four start mm. in the college football and the NFL. So you want to get involved. Four weeks, just $397 for all my selections. You're going to get 10 to 14 selections a week. And we'll also throw in baseball. We're almost 35 games above 500 in baseball. Uh, we'll give you baseball through the World Series, and we give out normally uh, two to four games a day. So it's all up and available, including even the UFC. Five selections for fight night. We call it our, our bonus pack. Just $25 for five selections. And those fights start at 9 a.m. Pacific. So pay attention to the starting time. Everything's up and available. ParamountSports.com or call 800 400 97 there it is right there. Well, Lee, good stuff, man. Definitely appreciate you. Some fantastic plays. I'm looking forward to all those games and a lot more all weekend long. Well, thank you so much. It's great to have you back on the show. Uh, have a very safe and uh, fun Labor Day weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. You too, buddy. Take care. There he goes. That's my guy, Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. Again, you can find him on Twitter at Paramount Sports. And giving you the plays right there for Georgia, Oregon, uh, Ohio State, Notre Dame, and LSU, Florida State. And of course, there's a lot more where that comes from. We'll have Lee Sterling each and every Friday around 4.30 to give you the lines that you need to know for the upcoming weekend. 4.46 is the time when we come back. We'll close out the show, head you into the Labor Day weekend, and head you into the weekend the right way. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. is the time. Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. It's been a really fun week, man. Really fun week. Think about it. At this time next week, we're going to be talking about a game. Not practice. Not practice, but a game. Talk about a game. Not practice. Uh, We ain't going to be talking about practice, man. We're going to be talking about a game coming up. Our 11 against their 11. No. We're talking about a game. Next week at this time, we'll be talking about the Raiders and the Chargers. Week one, 
at SoFi Stadium, a.k.a. Allegiant South. <laughs> right? I mean, that's, that's how exciting is that? I remember, Jared, we were there in L.A. together at the Super Bowl, Radio Row. That was in February. Yeah. Now, oh, now my fast God. Forward. That was right. in February. That's what I'm saying. Now fast forward, and we're here knocking on the door of the NFL season. I, Hell, at this time next week, there will already be one 2022 game in the books. How's your fantasy team? I don't play fantasy I football. know you don't. Not a fantasy guy. I don't live in a fantasy world. Everything I do is with a purpose. <laughs> <laughs> but I respect those. I Look, I will say this because I know fantasy football is just outrageous. And Adam Hill, who filled in on JT's show, did a fantastic job today, him and DeMond. He's got like 5,000 fantasy league so i no. mean hey hey if you if you have time for that what cool. we call a problem i agree but hey you know we all have our own problems <laughs> we all sign up for our own issues i got my own issues too i think your issues are along the same line as my issues my issue is that i like to work too damn much that's that's my biggest issue is that i work too much at some point i'm gonna realize that i have to enjoy what you know whatever's going on before before you can enjoy it, you know? I was about to say, at some point, that vein in the side of your head is going to just explode, and it's going to be awkward. Oh, no, you know what's funny is that, speaking of, of signs, um, when I get really angry, I get a pimple on the side of my forehead, and it gets really large. And I haven't had that pimple in a very long time, so that's a good thing. But when I get really uh, angry, I get that. Okay, so when I get really angry, there's a I got a really small blood vessel in my left ear. It bursts, and oh, I really? start bleeding from my ear. Oh, that's bad. Well, it's all, and dude, no, it's also scary. Like it's, it's a good way to intimidate somebody if you're all of a sudden just yelling at them and then just blood starts pouring down. Like it's a good way to end the end the fight early. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you got me topped on that one. Yeah, I got the pimple on the side of the head that that'll do that. <laughs> or else, or else, my son when he was younger used to say that. Uh, you know, he all of a sudden he started crying one day out of nowhere. I was like, "What are you crying for?" And he's like, "You gave me the evil eye." <laughs> so he says that I have the evil eye look that uh, I'll give him if I'm if I'm angry or or whatnot. Nah, so there's that. I have never I have experienced the dumbass eye from you, where, yeah. you, where you look at me like this kid's a dumbass. Yeah, I mean, I do that quite a bit. <laughs> you know, with with a lot of different people, I'll have that look a lot. But no, that's 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 funny. That that is pretty good. Uh, let me check the let me check the text line real quick before we wrap up the show. Mailman Raider said, "Q instead of custom jerseys, y'all should get custom red polo shirts with numbers and names." Laughing my ass off. I'm working on some polo shirts. Everyone in the building, we need to get some some good polo shirts. So when we're out in public, we all look the part. You know, back in the studio, and we're not going anywhere. That's one thing. But if we're out in public, uh, it's something about looking good. Look good, feel good, play good, right? So you got to look the part at some point. So we're working on that. Um, what else we got? Uh, thought I had one more that I didn't get to. Gizmo said, I'm sure Jared could look this up, where he'll find that the division title distribution amongst all four teams is basically even at this point. This year it comes to a head where the division is anyone's to win. I like the Raiders' chances in this case because they've proven they can come out on top in tough, close games. And I think that the division's wide open like some old school TV antennas as well. I mean, I just think that every team has a good chance, and I think with the loss of Tyreek Hill that the Chiefs are still going to be really good but they still are a little bit vulnerable. Have a fantastic Labor Day weekend. Do what you do. Relax. Enjoy yourself. And we'll be back on Tuesday here on Radio Nation Radio 920.